Is Christian nationalism yet another form of identity politics? This from Rob Reiner, December the 7th, 2023. Christian nationalism is not only a danger to our country, it's a danger to Christianity itself. Now, this raises a very interesting question. What is Reiner really defining as Christian nationalism? Is it compatible with a Christian worldview? Well, this and more as we travel further every day. Greetings to all of our listeners. Charlie Palmer here and wishing you a welcome to Further Every Day, where we strive to make you think about some of the different things going on in our world. And is it compatible with a Christian worldview? And joined here with our wonderful panel, and uh, we have got the regulars on here today. Miss Nikki, so good to see you in the chair of theology, holding it strong. Thank you. It's good to be here. Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. All right. That's good. That's good. And Mr. John Arthur in the chair of philosophy, as philosophy is downstream of theology. Bringing the rigor that the Christian must bring to the theology. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Good stuff. Mr. Josh Gilbert, good to see you this afternoon. And you said regulars. I think I'm the exception. You're a, a, a long time regular. I think he was like lost out. In <laughs> I did. I was, I was, I was like wandering in the wilderness sent for 40 the search years. Party for him. Yeah, yeah. And he is sitting in the chair of culture today, answering some very interesting questions regarding nationalism. Mr. Steve holding yes. down the chair of politics. Yes, yes, yes. And being politically incorrect, of course. Dude, As always, you would not be allowed on yes. the po- uh, on the podcast yes. if you were not politically and walking outside correct. the box. Amen. Amen. And amen. We uh, and we got Charlie in the chair of uh, economics here, and you know, on this particular topic, you wouldn't think there's really a lot to do with the economic side. We're going to talk about some of those things though a little bit. Oh, but there is. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's. You know, in in trivia question for everyone, how is uh, former President Trump described, or was he described in his political campaign for twenty sixteen? Anybody Nazi. know? Populist. He was populist. Depending upon who you're talking yeah. to. No, populist yeah. is right. Is. And you know, when it when it comes to nationalism, that's a little different. Um, when, than, than a populist. And uh, we're going to talk about some of these things. And I'm, I'm trusting that some of you out there are listening today don't necessarily have a solid understanding of what nationalism is. And I know for us, and I want to say for everybody, that the nationalism definition is kind of a, it's kind of a fluid uh, definition. It's not one that's got a really good core set of words to it but that's what we want to do right at the moment let's do define what nationalism is and christian nationalism and mr producer do you happen to have those two things brought up from gotquestions.org um some really good good things to to bring up here because uh as we as we talk about these topics we do want to define that and let me just say for those of you that engage in arguments and i don't mean arguments as in heated discussions i'm talking about going back and forth on a, on a particular discussion like a it's debate. good like a debate it's important that you understand the definition of the different things that you're talking about so that's what we're doing here we're going to uh, define some of these things. And so what does the Bible say about nationalism? Um, and from gotquestions.org, I just want to bring this up a little bit. And Mr. Producer, if you can shine that up a little bit bigger there, if you would. And people can kind of see that. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time doing yeah, that. Okay. If you can just go All ahead. Right. And... So I want to encourage you that if you want to, you can take a look at that. There's also uh, a topic in there on Christian nationalism. But, um, Nikki, let me come to you first. Chair of Theology, what does the Bible say about nationalism? Well, I was reviewing this this morning. You know, God called Abraham out, and he said, I'm going to start, build a nation Mm -hmm. through your seed. And in the process of doing that, what God's intention was, uh, 
to build a people unto himself, but he was going to reveal himself to the people that of Abraham's seed. And they were separate. They were different. And so when you are, they, of course, naturally had a sense of pride in that, but they were still human. So we, you see Abraham's seed, and if you've ever studied Genesis, you see the process in which they started to multiply. And then you, Jacob is going to Egypt. And when our study, they were actually separated from the Egyptians and multiplied some more but not inter interacting with the Egyptians. And that was not because of a racism or anything like that. It always has to do with the gods that they served. So when you see that kind of separate separatism and they knew they were favored by God. Now, when they're called out of Egypt by Moses and he takes them into the, the desert and they fight those wars, the other countries around them, the other nations know that they have a very strong God. So, there's a lot of sense of pride because they were victorious when they served God, but when they turned their eyes off of God or embraced other nations, then they failed. The problem is when you take pride in, in your nation without realizing who your God is, that mm. becomes the problem. And that's what happened many times with Israel is they, they enjoyed the prosperity that came from serving God then they forgot about God. Go ahead, John Arthur. And so if I can actually piggyback off that, that, that's something that we, when you look at the Old Testament, specifically in the Pentateuch, you see that Egypt, <clears throat> excuse me, is often used by God as a perfect allegory of the world in sin. And so if you look at exactly what Miss Nikki just laid out, Nationalism, love for one's country, for one's people, in this specific context is a very good thing because yes. we are sojourners through this world like the Israelites were sojourners through Egypt. They were successful. They were prosperous when they were separate, but living with in peace other individuals. What does the world want to do? They want to enslave you, drag you down into their culture, and you will not be a freeman in that culture. You will be the slave. So this can it, I add one thing go here? Ahead, go ahead. Is because the purpose was this was to draw the other nations to Israel and the God that they served. Okay, that that's an excellent segue into this question for you, John Arthur. And I'm sorry this wasn't in the show map. But it, it brings up a really interesting dynamic here, especially given our current events, i.e. Israel, Hamas. You see a lot of people coming out against Israel. You see a lot of people that, that are, are anti-Israel. And the thing is, when we talk about what we just talked about right there, what is the natural line of thinking on that? well, we're all supposed to go to the Jewish way of thinking or living the, the way of Israel. So John Arthur, how do we, how do we combat that? How do we, how do we talk about that? And I'd, I'd love you to rephrase the question. Sure. So that I make sure I'm, I, I know where you're going. Yeah. When, when Nikki's talking about the God was trying to draw people, totally agree with that. So it gives you this thing that it's either God's way or no way. I have to become a quote unquote Israelite. I have to become a Jewish person. Does that make sense? Sure. And actually, by the way, that's where the Jews really got it wrong is that God had intended the Israelite people to be an evangelistic nation. Mm -hmm. Instead, they, because they're human, not because they're Israelites or Jews. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Because they're human, just like the church has done. The church has done the same thing. The yeah, American yes. church has absolutely insulated her, herself. And you don't believe me. Talk to anyone who has dreads or tattoos and they walk into a modern evangelical church and they're told to leave. Yes, It's no different than the Jews saying, yeah. well, look at these filthy pagans. But what God wanted was not us to join the Israelites, but to join him in his work. 
which he was doing through the Israelite nation. But it wasn't about the Jews. It's about Jesus, really. At the end of the day, at the at the end of time, it's about that relationship with Christ mm -hmm. through God, the Father, Yahweh, Adonai. Through that relationship, you're brought into that 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 uh, uh, new creature status that God so desires for you. But that's why. It's oh, nationalism is a neutral thing, just like violence is a neutral thing. Look, you know, speech is a neutral thing. Free freedom of speech. I can say beautiful things or I can say hateful things. I can protect if I'm a police officer and I'm on the street, I can protect a, a, a woman who's being accosted by a, a vile man or I can abuse my power. Violence and power are neutral. By the way, so is nationalism. So is a love of the country. It's what kind of country do you love and why? Like Miss Nikki said, is it worshiping God? Does it love God? Okay. And so let me just, because uh, this is important. There were people that would leave their country. Let's talk about Ruth. She left her country, but she left her gods behind mm. to embrace mm -hmm. the people of Naomi, Naomi's people and Naomi's God. Back then, there weren't atheists. They had something that they believed in. They had a higher power that they believed in one way or the other. And when they came in to the Jewish uh, nation, they didn't bring their nation or their gods or their ways with them. They forsook it. That's the planet. That's what salvation is. When I come to God, I forsake the life that I knew to embrace what God has given. Me. Beautifully stated. Well stated right there. So, Josh, this, you have to sit back for a moment and you have to go, Rob Reiner, why did you make a statement like that? So I want you to comment on that for just a moment, but I have another question I want to get into in just a second, but comment on that. Why, why did Rob Reiner go down that path, do you think? So the topic of Christian nationalism is very nuanced. And I think you mentioned it in your definition. There's not really a set way of explaining it definitionally. And that's because there is so much nuance. Mm -hmm. And I think there's actually good Christian nationalism and there's bad Christian nationalism. Yes. yes. And then there is a Christian nationalism that is biblical, but it's also misinterpreting parts or not misinterpreting. It's misunderstanding the role of the corporate body. Yeah and what the roles and responsibilities of the corporate body are. So let me explain on all three of those things real quick, if I can. Yep. I'll do it as quick as I can. So here is the bad Christian nationalism. The bad Christian nationalism is the Christian nationalism that is purely political, where it is we want to embrace the Christian values and we want to embrace the Christian God but we don't have a but we don't actually live it out we don't in our personal lives we live it out in the political sphere and that's the only place we live it out and so we don't live it out in the culture and in fact we actually speak a testimony quite the opposite i thought it was funny there was this recent ufc event ufc 298 and colby covington is one of the ufc fighters and the other person's i think something leon and Colby Covington is out here just saying the F-bombs, calling him the B-word, all this stuff. And he's wearing a shirt that says what? God over government. Ooh. And that Ooh. is the type of Christian national. Whenever I'm talking the personification of bad Christian nationalism. That's it. That's pretty much it. Also, another form of bad Christian nationalism is you are a Christian. You do live it out. You do uphold the the what what the Bible says is necessary for salvation. And you believe all that, but then you believe that Christian nationalism is supposed to be this tool from which we gain power, and therefore from that power we forcefully evangelize the nations, or forcefully evangelize people inside of America specifically. That is not biblical. The forceful evangelization, the forceful conversion of people is not biblical. Well, and so you're going to have to really lay that out because that, that there's there's the rub right that's it is if i say i do not want 
and we, we got to be careful on YouTube because we just got unrestricted. Okay. <laughs> we got to be really careful. Hopefully what we say here. But if I say that I do not want to mutilate a child because of confusion about uh, what biological versus imagined gender is occurring here. If I say that I don't want to allow that, am I forcefully evangelizing or am I fulfilling the role of government to protect children from being abused? In that situation, I think it's protection. So I actually think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think one is you have the moral, the moral backing of the Bible and you know that this is bad. And then one is actually forcefully converting people from other religions and other worldviews into Christianity. And that's what I'm talking about. And that comes from, that comes from a whole host of things that comes from like a post-millennial type of eschatology. So who's Um, doing that? Like, like who's doing the specific forceful Islamic jihad, you know, or like what believing in like the, this idea of this force of it. So like I said, it's a lot to do with the post millens and I'm not saying it's all post. I want to be very clear. That's not all post millens, but what you actually find, what's a post millennial. So I'm going to say it like this. So in, in times eschatology in the Bible, eschatological biblical views, you have pre-millennial post-millennial and a partial preterist. I'm not going to talk about the other views because the other views are just heretical, outright heretical, like a full <laughs> preterist. But that's not relevant to you. What's relevant to you? We love you anyway. Yes, we love you anyway. But it's okay. But it denies it denies the actual resurrection of Christ. So I can't accept that. Debate in the comment section. Yes, please do. <laughs> but talking about postmillen, premillen, partial preterist, because all these positions actually have some grounding and they can actually make cases from scripture. Uh, the best way to think, easiest way to think, as premillennials, which I am, a dispensationalist premillennial, things are going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And I don't think things are going to get better. I think things are going to continue to get worse. But in a postmillennial setting, you believe that things are going to get better. And, and in fact... The people who grab a hold of this, and I'll talk about a lot of reformed people. I forget the gentleman's name. Just real quick, for our viewers who don't know, post-millennial reign of Jesus Christ. That's what I wanted you to mention. Oh, okay. The post-millennial reign of Jesus Christ in Revelation, it says that Jesus Christ is going to come down, he's going to conquer the earth, and he's going to have a perfect 1,000-year reign. In the dispensationalist view, uh, where God ha- he has a 7,000-year lifespan of the earth the last thousand years or so are jesus reigning on earth it's very different than when he died and had the ch- and we have this church age right now yeah. it would be a really sucky reign of sorry of jesus on earth to see what he's having that's what josh is saying josh is saying that those who believe that we are in the post-millennial reign of christ that christ has been doing an awful job of bringing justice in a rod of iron the 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 rule that was given to david's offspring yeah go ahead and so that's the technical aspect i just wanted to give the listener and i know you what you meant to do and i'm glad you did that because it gives the backing behind what i'm saying it's the that's the technical way but if you want to just dumb it down to the simplest possible thing things are going to get better and a part of things getting better is that you will have an outwardly church like almost a borderline what you see in the reformation time of this state-ran church of the sorts uh, and this is what, and partially a reason why we should be against it is because historically we see that this is not effective and we see the damage it does. If you look at the crusades of the Roman Catholic church, uh, trying to send people to the holy site in Jerusalem, when they were going along these paths, they would encounter Jews and they would encounter Muslims. And what would they do to these people? They would forcefully baptize these people in the name of Christ. And that, and I don't think that they necessarily the this position, which I think you see, like there, like I said, there's some reformed people out there. There's some non-reformed people who hold to this view, um, but it's not necessarily that. I'm just telling you, I think that that's what it ultimately results in, and what it ultimately looks like in their mind uh, is that it would be that people. I don't think they want people to be under the burden of the law, but it will ultimately become that and it will become this state ran type of church. So that's the bad Christian nationalism, the good Christian nationalism, and probably what you've understood Christian nationalism to be Mr. And Mrs. Listener and people who have pronouns. I don't know. (laughs) 
uh, the what you have understood this to be uh, is probably the good one, where it, you just say, "Well, I'm 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 a Christian, uh, and that's more my identity is, and so I want to make my identity known." So I identify with Christ above my country. So I won't identify myself as an American nationalist or a nationalist. I will specifically identify myself as a Christian nationalist because Christ is the most important thing in my life. And if you understand it like that, that is the good Christian nationalism. That's the Christian nationalism that says, I want to go out into the political sphere and vote and be politically active and influence the people around me for the sake of Christ and them coming to Christ. And I'm not going to do it forcefully in the sense that I'm going to take them by the sword and force them under the water. No, no, it says, I'm going to do it the biblical way. I'm going to do it the way that Christ has called me to do it. And I'm going to live it out and be that testimony. That is the good Christian nationalism. And that's what you should want to strive to be. And so real yep. quick, Mr. Producer, go ahead and pull this up. I had Mr. Producer pull this up. Steve at the at the ninth, eleventh hour pulled this out, and this is a really good figure, and he wanted us to show it. Now that Josh has kind of laid out the differences between, there's a lot of poor definition of Christian yes. nationalism, and it doesn't make much sense. Totally agree. So when pulled by the PRRI, by the way, a very li uh, liberal group, these are the people who believe in Christian nationalism, the red 10%, for those of you on audio, 10% are adherents of, of uh, Americans, 19%, sorry, of Christians who believe that they're Christian nationalists, people who identify as Christian, and they say that they're Christian nationalists, Tim, uh, I didn't say that well, of Christians in America, of Christians in America, I'm sorry, got a headache, 10% are adherents, 19% of sympathizers, 39% uh, are skeptics, and 29% are rejectors. And that really shows you right there, in my opinion, why the, the country has gone the way it has. And before you go further, figure six, please. Just switch to figure six. This is very important. This is very important because who are the people being polled and what do they believe? Well, of the group, you can see it here, of all Americans, you're looking at people who, this is by the Christian Nationalist Group, 31% who were somewhat favorable were Joe Biden voters. 16% were very favorable. 15% were very favorable and they voted for Donald Trump and 17% were reasonably favorable, voted for Donald Trump. The majority going to Joe Biden. Right. So by the way, Keep going. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Keep going down that rabbit hole. And what you'll find is that <laughs> what you'll find is that there's actually a that's totally through me. <laughs> there's actually a majority of people who are Christian nationalists go to church less than two times a month. So, be, so before we go any further with any of this, and I think this is a really important thing for all of our listeners and, and video watchers to really pay attention to. Number one, just because a person says that they are a Christian does not mean they are a Christian. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. Christian, what does it mean? Little Christ follower, little Christ, Christ follower. That's what a Christian is. So if a person is, is not really trying to follow after Christ, you can make the determination of whether they're a Christian or not. That's number one. Number two, there are people that are Christian, that are Christ followers, that are doing the very things that John Arthur has just described there. And that's what's really hurting things, is that they, they do not have a proper understanding of where they should be standing on on different issues, so I, I think that's it, it's really all of this has been really good information here. So, Josh, you had something else here you wanted to bring up. Well, going to your point about it's not just saying you have faith, and this kind of the problem with the, that bad Christian nationalism where it's only in pol political as aspects and it's not in the way you actually live your life. It's not actually represented in the way you live your life. That comes from a misunderstanding about what faith is. Yeah. Faith is not this blind idea. It's not presented in scriptures as this blind idea. And 
Faith is not the following. Faith is not going up to somebody and saying, I have faith in Jesus Christ. That's not faith. That is just you literally saying, I have faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is a representation of your posture, like your whole entire heart has changed. You've been given a new mm. nature. Mm. Um, you, you are a different person. You are not the same person who would act in the things of the flesh. You are now a new creation. Good stuff. Thank I you need, for bringing that. I need that. a, this is the way soundbite on the board or better yet like a full like swoop on because that's what faith is when and i don't want to i don't want to carnalize this too much but faith faith the the greek word means a creed mm. code mm. A affirmation that you have made from the core of your being when we talk about faith oh i'm a man of faith i have faith you have a creed great what is it like, let me see. And that's what James is saying. Oh, you say you've got a creed. Let me see it by your yeah. works. Let me see what you're actually doing with that. And that's something that I think the church has really missed out on. Amen. And that's why Christian nationalism has become such a ambiguous slodge. Because I would identify as a Christian and a nationalist. One before the other, very clearly. America is not my savior. Jesus Christ is. Yes. And, and it's proven by your works. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Good and, stuff. And, and so you, you will affect your nation that way. But anyway, I don't no, want to that, get your chair and, there, and No, that's, that's really Oops. good stuff to, to bring out. And I do want to jump over to Steve because, Steve, we, we've, boy, the, there's been a lot of meat that we've put on the table here. And one of the questions that will come up, and this is why I think we see so many people that are uh, anti-Christian, they, they don't want anything to do with following God. So should our government be influenced by Christianity? And if, why or why not? Let me, let me just state it like that. Well, I would say, yes, should be influenced. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that, you know, you got a two-part answer to that, really, okay. in essence. Um, it should be influenced, and there, you know, by like we talked about our faith, because it should be proven by your works. And the people that are getting in there that talk about their faith in Jesus, that are in politics, and it, you know. Hey, I'm a Christian, I'm this, I'm that, but yet it's not proven by their works. You don't mm -hmm. see by what they do proves that they're Christians. They're voting on things that are non-Christian to be forced onto people to have to do what they do. You know, you've got abortion bills. Hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, but yet they're going to sign a bill or abortion doesn't okay. compute what, that that is not proving your faith by your works but 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 it's my personal faith is what they're gonna say yeah it's separate why, from why, politics that's what they'll, they'll tell you based and on and based on the definition we just laid out why why should we fire those politicians on on spot when they say that it's my faith what's wrong with that when i say it's my personal faith well, when you talk about whether or not politics should be influenced by Christianity, I'm saying yes. Because it's based in morality. Uh, I was, and, and that is really where I wanted to go on that. Because right. when you think about and that's government, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm coming back to you. When you think about the role of government, what is the role of government? And where did we get it from? Where did we get the idea from? To legislate morality. I'm sorry. Guess yep. what? You can't not legislate morality. And we got it from Genesis 9, 3, 3 through 6, where God gave man. God had been the authority yep. and did not listen. Yep. God said dispensationally. Okay. And yep. never listen. He said, now prophets, priests, and kings go. Watch how you're going to fail. And fail they did. And every time man failed, you give yeah. them laws, what do they do? 
you, you're not allowed to murder. What do they do? They go out and murder. You're not supposed to rob. What do they do? They go out and rob. Man constantly fails. So what happened? What did God do? He sent Jesus down. For what reason? To die for our sins. For what reason? Because we are sinners. We start. We were sinners from the beginning, from the time that Adam stood there and watched Eve take a bite from whatever fruit it was. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Everybody says the apple. My doubts on that, but... Whatever no, it was fruit it was. I like apples. It was a pear. It <laughs> was a pear. I, maybe, maybe, a, <laughs> a, maybe a fig or an, uh, an olive. <laughs> you know, we don't know. But but the thing is, is that you know, you can't have a. How do I want to say this? A. Um, a religion that is legislated through the government, kind of like they did in Russia, an orthodox. Mm. But, you know, I do have a, let me ask you this question. Let me, let me interrupt here because anybody who understands the truth behind our founding fathers and why people call us a Christian nation is because the principles they laid down when they laid down the government were based on biblical principles. Right. Now, the problem, the reason they did that was because they wanted God's blessing on the nation. That, that's why they did it. And they knew that if I lay down biblical principles, it's good for the nation. The nation will prosper. Don't wander it, into that economic chair. Well, <laughs> okay. it, so, so, yeah, it does go there. And I just want to add, while we're on the chair of economics... I just want to add to this. America was specifically a, a Christian nation, and we did an episode why America was a soft theocracy. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh-huh. and a lot of people got ticked in the comment section. Guess what? They said this nation's not going to work if it isn't run by Christians, people with Christian values. They said, you know, a Jew, a Mohammedan, they can be elected, but if they are. Or if someone with a different belief system, if they have a different set of core values, was the primary thrust. Sure. They were saying, if this person has a different set of core, core values, we're going to have problems. It's not about the Jews. It's not about the Mohammedans. It's about the core values. It's about that creed. And they say, it's about the creed. It's exactly. about the belief. And that's where they went. And they said, look, that's why we're going to be able to have this freedom is because there's responsibility. And by the way, next episode, we are going to be talking about why America was great. And yes, she was great. And we're yes. going to make that. We're going to make that case. And it's easy. It's an easy case to make slavery, polygamy. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the eugenics movements. If it wasn't for America, all three of those would still be around. Yes. If America wasn't around, the Nazis would be flooding the earth. And there's a reason why. Yeah. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about where it started and where America's been failing. It's because she, she, it's because she left God. So I can be a nationalist if my nation is still under Christ. That's great. And I, let me do this then, because there's two things that I want to go to here. Uh, I, I want to come back to Josh in a moment, but I want to see if I can wrap a definition for us around this Christian nationalism thing. The idea of nationalism is one that promotes the idea of your nation being great. If it's done your way, if it's done the click way. And I think Josh really articulated well, you have good Christian nationalism, you have bad Christian nationalism. I thought he articulated that really well. When we talk about Christian nationalism, we're talking about a country that leans to those those uh, moral attributes of God, those things that bring about peace and goodness and, and prosperity, but does not neglect God in doing so. And well, can I it, add to that too? Yeah, sure. Cause I, I, I want to make the reason why you're about those things. And the reason why you bring forth those things in other country or other places is because the way I would say, and this is you ladies, let me know what you think about this definition. I think Christian nationalism is like, you're for the kingdom of God. 
like your identity is in the kingdom of God and you are about the kingdom of God and you are for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And that is what you are here to do. And so you, when I say Christian nationalism, I'm saying we're for the kingdom of God. And we are. I think you could be for the kingdom of God and also be a huge fan of a nation that was founded exclusively on godly principles. And the, again, spoiler for next week, this nation was founded because our, and the way it was as a democratic republic, because they looked at the Exodus government that God formed, yes. that Samuel, the people of Samuel's time rejected due to Samuel's corruption. Yes. But if Samuel hadn't been corrupt, the Israelite nation, it was going to go to a kingship eventually, but God did not like monarchs. And they came to that realization, they go, God doesn't like monarchs because they take his place. What instead we have is a devout people who are focused on God, who elect representatives who ought to be godly, and they lead in a representative government in a godly way. I'm a big fan of that idea. And, and, Only because it's rooted and, in the Bible. And yes. that's what I'm talking about in a political sense. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm talking. That's where... Christianity needs to be into politics where politics is run on a godly manner with principles, those godly, godly principles. Exactly. What else is our so, purpose? And, and, and right. That that's, that's the, that's, that's the, the question. question. Like what is that's our the purpose? Central question. Right. Our politicians have gone so far away from that, that, Things have gotten askew. But our politicians are a reflection of our people. We voted. Right. When we vote those people in, that reflects what the heart of the people are. And that goes to the issue that I was talking about earlier of people hijacking the name of Christianity. Some don't. Yes. Some just don't understand what it really means. I'm American. I'm a Christian. And that's it. That's right. That's exactly right. I send my kids to yep. a youth group. I'm a Christian. Yep. I'm a good person. I believe there's a God. So I'm a I've had a family member who's who's passed away now, but they, the the question was, I'm a Christian. I'm I'm born in America. I'm a Christian. Well right. that's not Christianity. But it's just dumb. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who will feel when Obama said we are not no longer a Christian nation. Who gave you the power to make that statement? Well, the, the thing of it is, America and the demonic influence that put him there. In you power. go. But right. Remember, the principles that were laid down for were for the benefit of the people. The Bible talks government is to promote good and to punish evil. Well, here we go back to define good. Yeah. Define good. If we're not, you know, find good against God. I want to go to Josh here again, real quick. But one thing I will say about what obama said there notice what he didn't say he did not say what we are there you go chew on that for a while josh i want to come to you because the the things that that nikki and john arthur have talked about and i, d I don't want to spoil next week so let's let's be careful how deep we go into this but how deeply embedded is christianity in america today so this goes to another thing. So just to add another layer of confusion to the listener, <laughs> there's Christian nationalism. And then I like the way that John Arthur put it there. And I think this is actually a, a biblical way of viewing it is that if you view Christian nationalism in the way that it's the kingdom, like you're for the kingdom of God, that's, that's a good Christian nationalism. But another good view is that you're a Christian and a nationalist. Yes. I like yes. the way that he describes. I yes. actually think that's biblically, that's like a biblically accurate way of thinking about it is that, and it's kind of along those same lines where Christ is my first priority and I'm about making this, about getting this country to that point and event that point being, but you said, what was, sorry, you said, so well, I, I want to know how deeply embedded Christianity, yeah, how deeply embedded it is. Yeah. So in our legal system, it's deeply embedded and, I mean, I could look at so many things, but I think the legal system is a perfect way of viewing it because when you think about what Christ did on the cross and just the legal aspect of what Christ did on the cross and what it accomplished and how it is, he is crediting sin to his account and he is imputing righteousness into our account and he is paying that sin debt. Which part then, of the legal system are you talking about? Huh? 
I haven't what? gotten it to it. I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. I'm building. I'm building was, a foundation. Because there's a big part of the legal. Well, I, I, I will say this. Well, I'm not finished yet. I'll be. Okay. Yeah, let him cook. Yeah, you got to let me cook. Okay. But let, let me cook. let me say this real quick, Josh. Before you go further with that, and when you say that it is deeply embedded, it it absolutely is. As a matter of fact, for many years, and John Arthur, you'll have to help me remember this. Uh, I believe it was Judge Blackstone who wrote a lot of the principles from which lawyers learned Correct. how to be a lawyer. Blackstone was largely dependent upon the Old Testament. There you go. And and actually, you, you I don't remember exactly the amount of direct references that Blackstone's law has, the first edition, to the Old Testament, but it's significant. It's a plural. If it's not a majority, it's a plurality of the principles were taken. There's also a lot of principles for common law. Sure. By the way, also rooted in the Old Testament. Yep. Just putting it out there. But the thing is, in it's not done this way today. No. Blackstone. Uh, Blackstone's book was ditched back in, uh, I believe, it was the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, that is not done anymore. I'm sorry, Josh, keep going. Oh, no, no. I'm just, I just don't want to make, I just want to make sure I'm not losing my train of thought here. No, you're good. So you have this whole entire thing where salvation is talked about in a very legal way. It is. Uh, and then you take into account what God's law is. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love thy neighbor as thyself. And you see also the old Testament law. Now here's the important part is that the ceremonial law has been fulfilled in Christ. But the civil law is still an ongoing thing. The civil law is still in action. And so I say this about our legal system. In our legal system, going to Christ, we actually have a pardon. You can pardon somebody. And it's undeserved. It's unmerited. The person doesn't deserve, has done nothing to earn that pardon. Um, maybe they have, they're actually innocent, but they're still going through the time of like trying to get to that point of innocence. But some the president can come in and grant a pardon to that individual and get them out. Um, and where'd we get that? Uh, murder. Uh, monopolies. You, you, I could get, like I said, you could go down the entire whole rabbit trail of that. Um, but if you go look at in Exodus 20, what he gave us for the Ten Commandments, I mean... It's pretty it's uh, just go down the list i mean the 10 commandments were literally uh, for a long time from what i understand they were on the um the, they were in the supreme court yes. well i was yeah. gonna uh, so oh, yeah. you're going until the 60s and we're gonna talk about that in just one week it's gonna be one week or two week it depends on when we do the uh yep. new year responsibility but it's coming but the thing is uh you you talked about the legal system deeply embedded in the financial system by the way folks pick up your your quarter Turn it over. Look at what it says. In God we trust. Go to most any, most any of the important, significant buildings in Washington, D.C. You're going to see a total relation to Christianity there. I mean, it's, it's a deeply embedded part of the American way. Why do we see such an attack on some of the, the things that we see in terms of Christianity. Why do we have to remove some of the things that we have to remove? In history, it's you're in, talking about historical? Not just historical. It's not just historical. Well, there's two reasons for them wanting to remove historical. One, they absolutely hate the posterity of Christ yes. on one side. And then on the other side, they want to tear down their former heroes because they realize that yes. they do not hold up. I'm sorry. The, the the Confederates do not hold up to George Washington and they want to remove both so that they can erect themselves. There you yes, go. Yeah, it is ideology. Yes, it's a new ideology that they want to proclaim and they have to get rid of. It's a repackaged yes. ideology. Yes. Yep. Boy, that's that's a way to really state that. Please speak into the mic. I thought I was. <laughs> Turn them up, Mr. Brewster. Thank you. Um, in our legal system, you know, um, the Christian ideology may be written into it and has been written into it, but as of today and the way it's done, it is not practiced. Well, and you can go to write it out. You can go into any law firm and I can bet you 
80 to 85% of them are liberal and not Christian. Lots of the judges are pretty much the same way. Why is that? And we're going to answer that question in depth on the next podcast, but it's because we kicked God out of school. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Mr. Producer, do you have the Michael Knowles clip? I'd like to pull that up. And let me tell you, I thought Michael Knowles did a masterful job, and I mean masterful, of discussing this topic. Um, and this is not an easy one to, to tackle um, just because of the fluidity of how people look at it. So if you would, this is about a minute. Mm, oh, it's a little more than that. It's, it's like a, a two and a half minute. Yeah. Clip. Go ahead and play that. He's going to get that in just a moment while he's doing that. You got it there. Yep. Go ahead. Just because we're the political animal, even the very ability to pray will expand or diminish based on political circumstances. Do we live in a culture that's conducive to prayer? That's conducive to the flourishing of the religion or not? Don't forget, Christianity is not a, it's not a polytheistic religion, okay? Our God is a jealous God, and we'll have no other gods before him. So when you have people here saying, look, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian. I love Christianity and everything. But Christian nationalism is not. It's not Christian at all. It's opposed to Christianity. It's authoritarian. What does that mean? It, it certainly makes demands of you. It certainly gives a shape to public life. I, don't, I wouldn't call that authoritarian, but it, yeah, it's, it's not liberal, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's about power. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there is. I mean, we, we think that Jesus Christ is king of the universe. Yeah, there's power there. Well, yes, mm -hmm. there's authority. What don't you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That implies authority. Yeah. But it's not liberal. You're, well, there it is. You've hit the nail on the head. And so this is the question for the people in Rob Reiner's movie. This is the question for David French. Are you first a Christian or are you first a liberal? Beautiful. Turn the Which is it? Down just a little bit. Many are going to want to say, well, I'm both. Oh, okay. You can serve two gods? You can serve two masters? You got to pick one. Which, you got, which is it? And there are many people. Look, I, I don't mean to only single out the evangelical Protestants. There are many Catholics who think in this way, too. Though it's not a traditionally Catholic way of thinking. Which means that it, it, the FBI is not going to investigate this way of thinking. But, but these, these ideas, in as much as they conflict, are going to require that we choose one or Go the ahead other. And you can just stop it right there. That's good. That really, uh, boy, the way he laid that out there, really good. Yeah, if I can be so crude. Sure. Be crude. The, 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 the worst thing is the wussification of the Christian faith. Mm. All right. We have absolutely gutted Christianity. Jesus was not an effeminate hippie. Mm, he was amen. a man. He was a balanced man, but he was a man. And Good. I'm not saying that to, exclusion of, to the exclusion of women, but there's this idea that you have to be this pacifist who's laying down. By the way, no, I don't no. think those women, I think they were meek. I think they went, any of them who were, who were stoned, I think they went with dignity, with strength, with power. Female mm -hmm. martyrs of Christ's time. Yeah. I think, you know, humble, just like the men did. Humble is not weak and, um, yes, it means power under control. That's what humble is power under control. I think of, you know, I think one of the greatest illustrations modern day of, of meekness was Grant when he sat across from Ulysses. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, he said across from General Lee, Lee General and he Lee offered him, he offered, offered him anything. And Lee said, we would like our men to be able to take their horses and guns. And this, I thought Grant did a, a wonderful job of this. He said, your men can have their horses. And you have to understand in the mid 1800s, that was, that was life. If you didn't have a horse, you were you that's were why, that's why you were problem. hung if you stole somebody's yeah. horse because it was a life-threatening situation when you see that he said you can't have your guns that hurt but i you have to understand 
where Grant was coming from on that. But to me, when you have a, a, a general like that that says, what can I do? What, what do you need? What do you, that's an enemy. And Lee asked for what he did, and Grant said, I'll do this for you. And he could have done a whole lot more. He could have said, you're not getting anything. Start walking. But he did not. I think that's a great illustration of meekness. And so I think we've, we've confused meekness in the political space with weakness. weakness. Yeah. And it is so unbelievably tiring. Because here's the thing. I'm a Christian and then I'm a nationalist, as to what Josh was was saying earlier. I am, there's right and there's wrong. There's a lot of people who say Christian nationalism is, and they'll throw under the, the umbrella of that, You, if you're anti-abortion, mm -hmm. okay? If you do not believe that murdering children in utero is, is something that, that we should allow everyone to do, you're a fascist. Well, okay, then yes, I'm a fascistic Christian nationalist. You guys can clip that out of context. Absolutely. At this point, I don't care. Yep. Because under that definition, sure. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. If, if that's your definition. Now, if you want to use the traditional definition of what a fascist is and what a, and what a Christian nationalist is, then that doesn't make sense. Yep. I'm a nationalist who believes that my nation is underneath a higher authority mm. and that includes you can't kill children in utero yep but they're going to conflate the two yes. and they're going to say maga patriots who did not invade the capital oh my gosh the doors were open to them and they walked through were yep. there people with black lives matter and antifa labels on their twitter smashing out windows with a concerted effort with an untold amount of feds. Yes, but what they're going to say is that the Christians did that. And it's the greatest gaslight yep. mm -hmm. that you could ever mention. By the way, Christians, don't be stupid. Do not walk. When there are people punching out windows in a government building, don't be a moron and walk in there. That was Amen. dumb. Yeah, you should have escorted around everyone. Now, no, just like Charlie and I talked about, that would have been if we would have left that, that was a mess waiting to happen. I that would not have been there. I wouldn't have been there yeah. at all. Now, I think all those people need to be freed. Mm. They yeah. didn't do anything. Uh, people, the people who walked in and were invited in were being given a guided freaking tour. Yes. They did nothing wrong. I'm surprised they but didn't I, hand them pamphlets, you know. It, it's what let it me, looked like. Let me do this. Yes, let, let me steer, steer us back, back to this, but, though. But that's what they're, that's the bait and switch Yeah. with yeah. Christian nationalism. So I want to say, like, they're only examples of Christians going off the rails. It's stuff like that. It's stuff like that. And it's like, no, no, no. That's a gaslight, and that's a bait and switch. Let's bring it back to the policy issue that you're saying. You're saying that if we have teeth on policy— we're fascistic. It's like, well, aren't you fascistic because you want us to pay for gender reassignment for mm. our own children that you want to take from us? You're going to force this down our throats. You With want that. to take. It's not even just that. You want to steal our children without parental in the consent. In the mm -hmm. you want to public school them, and if we don't send them to your public schools, you'll send truancy officers. Then, when you confuse our child and you sec, you you abuse them mentally you screw with their mind and then you start cutting off body parts against my consent children that we conceived we birthed we raised we spent the time and you're not the fascist excuse me i failed to do things that should not be done to children yeah let me go ahead we're going to wrap us up here so nikki from the chair of theology Man, he just, he took off. Chair of Theology, how do we wrap up this issue of Christian nationalism? Well, I don't necessarily call myself a, I mean, I love my country. I'm a Christian first. Um, being born in this country did not make me a Christian. But I am a conservative in the fact that I am going to vote to keep intact the biblical principles that were laid for this this country because it's what makes us a better country. Um, it's those blessings that God gives us for following biblical principles. It doesn't make you a Christian. If you embrace the principle that I will not lie, 
you will reap the benefit that men will respect you. John Arthur, Chair of Philosophy. So, again, it always comes down to definitions. Define your definition. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I went down the rabbit hole there, but frankly, that is what the whole purpose behind the, that is the shard of glass in the, in the, in the sandwich they want you to eat. Yeah. They want you to eat that and they want to take that definition, hide the barb and then say, aha, I got you. Yeah. And so don't take that bait. Say, define your terms. If you're saying that I have a moral principle, I don't think you can take your children from me. I don't think you should be able to murder another human. Despite wherever they're, wherever they are, I think you shouldn't be able to murder a human. If you take that as Christian nationalism, then yes, I'm a Christian nationalism uh, nationalist. Absolutely. If you think that I don't know who Christ is and I go to church on Christmas and Easter and Trump is my God and savior, probably my vote in 2024, not because he's my God and savior, but because I think he's the one that I personally think is probably the best one in the field. Maybe they've come saw me. But if you think that he's my God, then no, I'm not that Christian nationalist. Good. So make a delineation, make a proper delineation. Good, Josh, chair culture. Yeah, just I think simply put, be about the good Christian nationalism. Don't be about the bad Christian nationalism. Mm -hmm. And really, like, be on the lookout for if you are embracing that bad Christian nationalism. Because I'm telling you, that's the easiest thing. I mean, the there there are people that I've met across all spheres of my life, whether that be you name it, whatever the place may be. And there, a lot of these people will say, "Oh yeah, I'm voting for Trump." But they're like, they don't live their, they, their, their lives are not like, they don't live it like the Bible says. Mm. They don't, they're not Christian. And it's like, but why then? What's the basis? Mm-hmm. And so it's important to embrace the good Christian nationalism, being about the kingdom. of Mr. Steve, chair of politics. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been involved in, in politics ever since I was old enough to vote. Mm-hmm. Ever since, as soon as I turned 18, man, I've, I have all, all the time I vote, 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 vote. I'm big on voting. Um, and you know, I'm proud to be an American. Um, somebody asked me, I said, yes, I'm an American. I'm also a Texan. And I came to the Christian faith late in life, you know, 48 when I was saved. Um, and I proudly wear that before any other thing, before being an American, before being a conservative, before being a Texan, Amen. I am a Christian first, foremost, before anything. And I will stand on that and I will die on that hill. You know, I think about the, the one phrase that we will hear from time to time. God, country, family. Exactly. We didn't talk much about uh, the economic impact. I will say this very quickly, that if not for Christians in America, there is, in my opinion, very little prosperity in America. And we're going to cover a lot next week pertaining to that kind of stuff. And, and go ahead, John Arthur. I just want to say one thing. You And I didn't de- detect that you were going to go for this if you were. No, that's me. fine. People like Reiner are, if it leads, it bleeds people. Mm-hmm. And people need to stop falling for it. We, we talked about this as, as Christmas Pagan. Yep. If it leads, it bleeds. They go after the zeitgeist type documentaries and all of this horse drivel that, that people take and they and they just run with it, and then yeah. people do not do their research. Do your research. So the so the Rob Reiners, the grifters like him, do not get that's, to ride the back of that's, that. That's that's really yeah. good. And and I'll say this in in terms of Rob Reiner, to me, Rob Reiner said that merely to get more hits and views for the trailer and and so on and so forth. What was deeply disturbing to me was the number of quote unquote, and I will say 
quote unquote Christians who appeared in this documentary. And by the way, did you hear that, folks? I said, quote unquote, what is a Christian? Christ follower, little Christ. I want you to take a look at some of those people that said they were Christians. And you tell me if they are truly Christ followers. Just something to, to chew on there. If you do, uh, look, I, I don't have any plan on watching the documentary. Uh, maybe I should. Um, but the the one thing that I, I think Rob Reiner did was he just, he made a very outlandish statement. He basically said that Christianity Christianity is going to eat itself from the inside out. Jesus Christ, him crucified, buried, and risen again. There is no eating from the inside out. Upon this rock, of, I will build amen. my church. Amen. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I have one thing to leave with you. That was a great statement right there. That was a verse. But I have one question for you watching today. Maybe maybe you're sitting there, you're watching this, and you guys, you're thinking, guys, you, <laughs> wow. Here's my question for you. Is there any other human being that has had the impact on mankind for 2,000 plus years like Jesus? Folks, he's just as relevant today as he was 2,000 years ago. You can dismiss him all you want. You can, you can write him off all you want. He will be talked about again tomorrow. And the day after, and the day after, and the day after, he has never become irrelevant. Think about that. And I hope that you'll consider some of the things that we've brought about today. Tough topic, but I think a good one that we've dealt with. And I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this, we would encourage you to hit the, the like button and, and subscribe. Uh, by all means, you can catch us on any of the podcast platforms. You can catch us on YouTube, Rumble. Uh, we appreciate Rumble uh, so much. Uh, YouTube, appreciate you uh, kind of letting go and letting us do things here like we really wanted to. Um, if you did not like this, we would encourage you to hit the like button twice. That would be really good. Um, and by all means, you can go ahead and leave comments. We do try to respond to the comments. Unlike he, he uh, meant the dislike button twice, but that's okay. That's that, a dislike button there. Hit them, hit them all. Just all the buttons. Hit all the buttons. Hit the bell notification too, because subscriptions don't mean anything anymore. You have to hit the bell notification that, to, get, oh, to wow. get notified yeah. okay. that that there's a new episode. Yeah, well, we, we do, do appreciate you being here. And till next week, another interesting topic. Next week, you don't want to miss it. Till next week, we want to bid you goodbye. All right. Everybody's still sticking around. Well, if you're here, I hope that you didn't just wake up because this was a really good topic. You'll want to watch it from the beginning. But question. This is a tough question. I didn't give you guys a heads up. You're going to start with him then first. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, one word. I, I want to I ask you, the one person that you believe is the best example of Christian nationalism a good example. A good example. Say that again. A good okay. example of a quote unquote Christian nationalist. According to whose definition? The, so, kind of. Who would be a politician, individual? In this, doesn't even have to be a, here, here. a politician. Someone who is a Christian in word and deed. I think I understand where you're going. Yeah. Word and deed, and they are a nationalist. Yep. Who is a hero of the faith? Who is in? I'm going to say the new speaker of the house, Mike Johnson. Ooh. Just because. My goodness, yeah. At the moment, I mean, we haven't seen very much of him, but he seems to be very strong. In and he's his, definitely a strong Christian. Yes, he seems yeah. to be very strong, and he seems to be holding the line to what he believes. Good answer. I could I could meme here and go with the antithesis of everything that we said and say to our Lord and Savior Donald Trump, but that's not what I'm going to do. Don't I'm do going to say. Don't do, do, do. I'm <laughs> going to say David Barton. Oh, okay. wow. He is my favorite Christian nationalist. If you don't know who he is, 
Join us next week and better yet, pregame with some of his stuff. David Barton, you can find him at Wall Builders Live. Uh, he is a gentleman who collects letters from the founding fathers and from uh, jurisprudence mm -hmm. conversations and uh, uh, just correspondence that went back and forth in the 1600s through the 1800s. And he's compiled a very good comprehensive library of data uh, on the Christian founding of this nation. And frankly, he's kind of like the coroner who's coming along and doing an autopsy on America. I like it. Spiritually. Josh, I think Paul was the best Christian. Modern day, please. Oh, modern day. I'll be honest. I haven't seen too many good ones. Modern day. Okay. But that's just because I've only seen really bad. Like the bad ones are pretty prevalent. Like yep. the, there's not a whole lot of good ones out there. I do, I do like, like Nikki's Nikki. answer. I think Mike Johnson yeah. is a pretty good example there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was sitting here kind of trying to think of someone and the only one that I can think of that comes close to it, and uh, Nikki had brought it up, was is Mike Johnson, because one of the things that impressed me was his first day of being a speaker, before he did anything, was when he got up and took the gavel to, to have a speech, the first thing he did was have a prayer. And when he went to do that, a number of people from the house floor went up with around him and gathered around him and mm, prayed with him, mm. which was really impressive to me. And I said, I wonder, I wonder how this guy's really going to do, because that is yep. something that a speaker has not done in probably 60 to 80 years at I'm least. I'm, so I'm a little bit in disagreement with Josh on this one. I think we do have some good ones. But I say we didn't. He yeah. said he just didn't, he can think. Yeah. Even Ted Cruz is, even though he's a Kingdom Now guy, I think he's well intentioned. I, 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 I would agree with that. And there's a bunch of them who are like that, like uh, Mike. Uh, oh my goodness, it's not Mike Johnson. What's his name? Mike. He's the senator from from Utah. He's a oh, Mormon. Mike Lee. Mike Lee. Mike oh. Lee's not perfect. But he he's a he's a he's a Mormon. Yeah. But he's a very strong. He's, he's very principled. And look at his voting record. For the most part, I agree with his voting record from a spiritual basis. They do exist. Yeah. But they tend to be unicorns. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with either Tony Evans or David Jeremiah. Mm. Um, and, and by the way, I don't necessarily agree with everything that they they espouse. But I tell you, um, Tony Evans will tell you. If you want to affect or impact what's in the White House, start, start with your own house. Yep. Yeah, Bachman's not too and, bad. And who? Bachman. Larry okay, Elder, yeah. Vody Bachman. Yeah, Vody Bachman. Larry Elder, it's criminal that they kept him out of the primaries. I, I would agree. I would Larry agree. Larry Elder is an actual, like, I believe that he's actually a God-fearing, engaged in the Bible, fervent excellent Christian candidate that we could have pushed yeah. all the way to the White House. Interesting stuff. Good stuff. Appreciate you guys being here. We appreciate, appreciate you, you guys, guys being here. Let us know in the comments who you think is a good quote-unquote Christian nationalist, and uh, we'll see what we can do to agree or maybe disagree, depending on what you put in there. But until next episode, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. See you.